Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the start of another year of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me once again this season, former head coach in New Hampshire, Mike Lockman. Mike, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm kind of thrilled that we're back. It was in <laughs> doubt for a while. It was in doubt, and we're about a month later than uh, than we normally would have started uh, for football season. But uh, we're we're still here, and there's they're sounding like they're going to try to play a season here in New Hampshire. So. I think like we were just uh, we were kind of talking before we started here. Uh, if they're going to play, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, as always, you can send us uh, questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail dot com, or you can uh, get at us on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, this year, we're going to be uh, posting the the football podcast every Tuesday morning at nh-highschoolsports dot com. So you know, early, a little earlier in the week than I think we have done in the past. Uh, so you'll be able to uh, to get your uh, your football fix, um, I guess, a couple days earlier than you normally would, uh, you know, in, in previous seasons. Which I guess you know is a, is, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, is a small change compared to everything else that's been going on in 2020. Uh, yeah, I would say so. We were just talking about how you could do, you could probably do a couple of these podcasts just talking about the uniqueness of this year's. Uh, New Hampshire football landscape, right? I mean, it's it's going to be really very different from anything that we've seen in maybe ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say ever, actually. I know, I, I know, this is the uh, the first pandemic I've lived through, at least uh, that I, that I can remember. So I, I'm not sure about yeah. previous lives <laughs> or anything, but uh, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and and you know, it's funny. All of the it's not it's not I guess not funny, but. Um, you know, of the, the coaches and ADs that I've talked to, um, you know, over the course of the last six weeks or so as they kind of try to prepare for this, um, it's one of those that they've all just been kind of like throwing up their hands and like, I, you know what, what's going to happen? I don't know. I, you know, it, it's no one's ever been through this. Uh, no one's had ever put a plan in place for this. No one thought they'd ever have to. Um, but you know what, after this point, um, there's going to be a... Uh, a pandemic plan for uh, high school sports in New Hampshire, which who would have thought that a year ago? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it was unthinkable a year ago. I mean, you know, I was just thinking to myself how, you know, in years past, uh, uh, you know, media folks like yourself or, or even me on, on these different podcasts that we've had, you know, we've, we've sort of poked fun at or poked holes in the different formats that, um, the different sports, but in particular football has undergone, right. And the, you know, the six divisions, three divisions, four divisions, two, you know, two weeks of playoffs, three weeks, whatever. Right. And we always kind of, um, you know, just, just poke it back. Cause that's part of our job to talk about that and, and, right, uh, yeah. and pick it apart. And, and I, I mean, this, this is light years more bizarre than anything that we've ever poked at in yeah. the past. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's just, it's just really going to be interesting to try to keep up with. And I mean, for the coaches, the ADs, the players, uh, forget about us. I mean, it's just going to be, uh, in a way, it's an opportunity to have a different kind of fun, I guess, right? Different matchups that you might not have seen um, and things like that. But but uh, it is it is like going into bizarro world for a year. It, it, it certainly yeah. feels that way. It's, um, yeah, there's definitely, um, well, let's... Uh... Uh, you know, for anyone that, that, that hasn't been following along, um, of course, uh, the start of, of all fall sports in New Hampshire was pushed back until September 8th, 
Um, you know, that was the first day that everybody could practice, uh, regardless of, of sport, division, all of that. Uh, the other sport, or excuse me, golf and, and I believe bass fishing were able to start up on the 10th, of, uh, which was, a, you know, a couple days ago. Um, other sports, field hockey, volleyball, soccer, cross country, their seasons get underway on Friday, the 18th. Uh, and then, of course, football uh, begins on the 25th, so a week from Friday, uh, which, you know, if you, you looked at it the way the regular season was supposed to line up, uh, that would have been, I believe, the fifth week of, of the regular se- third or, f- excuse me, no, I'm sorry, the fourth week of the regular season. Uh, yeah. You know, so right in the middle of things, uh, th- that weekend, too, looked like it was going to be a lot of the rivalry games, too. I th- I'm assuming that would have been initially when the, the you had the... Um, fundraiser uh or the the can good drive the uh, new hampshire tackles hunger yeah um you know and i know that's been ongoing for the last couple of weeks you know so it's it's um it, it really is going to be a weird year it looks like most teams are, are putting together a schedule of five games um you know most of those will be against teams in the in their division and in division ones and two uh in their conference but in some cases that's that's not going to you know line up that way because uh you know, I don't think there are many teams from the Seacoast area that are looking to travel too, too far. Uh, I know Keene in Division One isn't really coming out of there. You know, the western part of the state, you know, you've got, um, you know, some teams in the kind of the Concord and north of Concord area that are in different divisions that are, I think, looking to play each other just because of that proximity. Um, so it's going to be, and, and there still is no final plan yet on, on as of our, our recording this, uh, no final plan on, on what the playoffs are going to look like. Right. Yeah. It's like I said to you, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you read these stories about these big Hollywood movies that have to go to production before the script is even finished to meet a deadline. It sounds a lot like that, right? We're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to literally kick off and maybe not have a good sense of how it's all going to shake out for an end game with regard to playoffs and, you know, naming champions or however they, they choose to do that. So, well, and then there's also the fact too, that, I mean, this, it could all be shut down if, if uh, you know, for some reason the numbers, uh, the the COVID numbers spike back up. Um, you know. Yeah, or if a if a, a uh, you know a team, you know, third week in, finds they have a couple cases. You know what what's the tree look like when the when they say all right, well the last the last two teams you guys played, you know they've got to shut it down and you've got to shut it down. And what about the teams that those other two teams played? Uh, you know, that's, that's a risk. That's a, that's, that, that could yeah. get messy. So, I mean, you, you cross your fingers and your toes that that doesn't happen and that everybody stays healthy and safe. Um, I, I don't know that that's realistic. Um, I know that there's a lot of protocols in place to try to avoid those type of things from happening and, and keep the players and the coaches safe, but you don't know either. And so there's a lot of unknown associated with that, too. Yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, it's been said a number of times, uh, it's going to be a, a year unlike any other. Um, you know, when one thing one thing that I'm, I'm kind of, you know, looking toward this season, and, and I've, uh, you know, anyone that's visited the site recently, you know, you've seen that I posted it on there. Um, you know, my thing with this season is just I, I want to get out and, and, you know, just be out there. Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna talk coming up here about you know teams and and who we think is gonna be good, who you know who has a best shot at maybe winning uh, whatever the playoffs look like. 
But just, you know, after what happened with the end of the winter season and not be having a spring season, uh, I'm just glad that there's something going on. Um, you know, I don't know if, as, as you and I discussed, we don't know if, we don't have the answers. We don't know if this was the right decision. Um, we don't know if we'll ever know that this was the right decision. But um, if there's games, you know, I'm, I'm going to go watch them and we're going to cover them and uh, so long as they let us in and, and you know, hopefully uh, you'll be following along with us. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. You know, it's, it's like you said, we, I am thrilled beyond words that uh, these coaches and these players get to go out and, and play the game. I think it's healthy. Uh, healthy may not have been the right word to choose. I hope everybody stays healthy. I think it's healthy uh, physically, psychologically, you know what I mean. Um, and, right. and I think it, it's good for the communities and the schools to have something normal to rally around. Um, I don't know that I would have made that decision. I don't know that I would have said it's okay to play if for one strange day I had put been put in charge. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not thrilled that they made the decision that they made. So it's kind of a weird, uh, you know, weird opinion spot that I'm stuck in to say, um, you know, I may not have made that decision, right. but I'm really, really happy that somebody else did. And it <laughs> went the way that it did for the, for the yeah. players and for the coaches. Yeah. So let's, uh, you know, let's, actually take a look at some of these teams um, that are going to be playing this year. Of course, there are, um, as of right now, again, there are four teams or four schools that have decided that they're not going to play football um, this year, uh, those being uh, Conval, Kearsarge, uh, Epping Newmarket, uh, which is a co-op team out on the Seacoast, uh, and Summersworth, although they've left out the, uh, or left an opening that if um, numbers do get to a, uh, a place where they feel safe that it's okay to can you know to have sports they might actually end up playing football this year and then of course uh, the great the big unknown right now is uh, is Portsmouth um, you know they've the last couple of years co-opted with Oyster River uh, I believe Oyster River approved football uh, Portsmouth hasn't um, decided one way or the other uh, I believe they're supposed to talk a little bit more about that Tuesday night. Uh, so unfortunately, after we will be done with this, um, yeah, you know, but that would be uh, a a big decision, a big, uh, I guess, probably boost for for that school and that community uh, if they can figure out a way to to feel comfortable with doing it. So you know, we'll potentially four schools that we know of, potentially a fifth one uh, that that will not be playing football this year. Um, you kind of surprised at all, Mike, that that's um, is that number higher or lower than maybe you would have uh, would have expected. I got to be honest, I'm surprised that it's not more schools who are not playing. And again, that doesn't mean that I think more schools should have made that decision. I'm just surprised, you know, when you think about, I I guess, sort of what's going on in the different districts in terms of their, the precarious situation a lot of them are in with, you know, some of them taking on hybrid models or full returns or, or full from home type situations or any combinations anything where you you've got folks in school kids coming into school you know the, the football program probably has amongst the biggest numbers of right. your fall sports yeah. if if not the biggest and so you know as an administration i i would think they've got to be worried about hey if you know if we have an incident with the with uh, a couple of kids on the football team coming down with it uh you, you know with with a covid um infection then you know we run the risk of having to shut the doors down on a pretty carefully and, and well-considered, whatever it might be, hybrid slash return to, to school plan. So anyway, that's a really long way of saying I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised it's not more schools. I'm happy that it's 
it's not. Yeah. But yeah. when this whole thing was going down, I said, wow, there's, there's probably going to be a lot of schools that will opt out of football just because it's inherently a little bit more um, dangerous, right, for, for the transmission of viruses and things just because the, the contact and the proximity. But, but they didn't, and so I'm surprised, and pleasantly so. I, I'd agree with that, yeah. I, I definitely thought that there would be more, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I, I'm glad that they're they're trying, that, um, you know, they're going to attempt to do this. Um, just, I'm, again, I think, like we said, not sure how it's going to go. I don't, yeah, I don't think and, from what I've, and from what I've heard, just talking to some of the coaches around the state that I keep in touch with, the numbers, uh, you know, so we've been talking about school attrition, right, uh, a school deciding not to play. The, the the player numbers have not been um, severely impacted, at least not yeah, by the yeah. no not not from the folks that I've talked to. I, I know you probably have talked to some people, perhaps, but um, I've heard that numbers are are kind of where they've been. You know, a little up, a little down, but not anything that anybody that I've talked to would attribute to. You know, a large amount of families in the program saying, you know, not this year. Yeah, no, I've I, I have heard the same thing, um, and not just with football. Uh, I've also heard that it's um, a lot of like freshmen coming in um, and playing. Fred, that freshmen seem to be coming out in bigger numbers than they have in some ca- some places, uh, which is yeah. encouraging. Uh, just yeah, in terms absolutely. Of, of growing the sport and, and seeing football, um, you know, survive. Yep. All right, so let's um, let's talk about these uh, these divisions and, and what we're we're maybe going to see on the field for. Uh, in the in the coming weeks, um, you have some sort of a Dakota ring to spring on us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm fascinated to hear this. <laughs> well, I do want to start with, um, it, of course, last year or, or excuse me, this season was uh, the the school year. I should say was the uh, the first in one of the NHIA's two year cycles. So there were changes to uh, teams that you know some movement within the divisions. Who you know a couple teams moved up, a couple teams moved down. Um, you had Alvern coming back up from D2 to D1 uh, after two years, uh, and they replace uh, Timberlane, which moves down from D1 to D2. Alvern yep. fills in that spot in the South Conference right alongside with uh, Londonary, Pinkerton, Salem, and Wyndham. So uh, things don't get any easier for the Broncos or, or wouldn't have gotten any easier if they were playing a full uh, full schedule there. Uh, you know, in Division Two, uh, they... Um, Played some musical chairs there. They decided to change up the division from north and south to east and west. Um, you know, get a mix of, of some of those uh, northern teams playing a couple other southern teams if, you know, if things had gone off as planned. Um, again, Timberlane coming down. You had uh, Lebanon, which was in the D3 final last year, and uh, hillsborough Daring hopkinton which was a playoff team during its two years in Division Three, both uh, both coming up to Division Two, uh, And then you had... Uh, Conval and Pelham moving down, which right. um, Conval, of course, uh, one of those teams that's not going to not going to play this year. Um, but I, I imagine that their moving down was more a product of just the struggles they've had over the last oh I don't know five six maybe seven years. Um, and then uh, Pelham, believe it or not, enrollment wise, uh, their number put them in Division Three, which is um, an inter- you know going to be. It makes for interesting matchups, um, considering that they were a team that, uh, you know, that finally got over the the, bu- the hump and made it into the playoffs last year and hosted a playoff game. Uh, ultimately, came up short against uh, Plymouth in the quarterfinals. 
Um, but I mean, they, you know, that's been a, a program that's on the rise. And now you're looking at um, Division Three, which now has 10 teams. It includes them, Campbell, uh, Laconia, Monadnock, uh, Stevens, and uh, and two champions from a year ago, Trinity, which was the D3 champion, and Winnesquam, which moves up from D4 to D3. Yeah. Uh, and then Division Four, which now uh, has ten teams, up from eight a year ago. Uh, you had, uh, as I said, Winnesquam moving up, and then Newport, Summersworth, and Epping Newmarket moving down. Yeah, and I like that model of trying to get a ten-team division there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, all things being equal, right? I mean, we don't know what the the, the schedules are very, very, very different this year. <laughs> all, but yeah, all, over the all things being equal, that's I think that's a good move. It doesn't sell that division short in terms of a game or, or what have you. I mean, it, it, it's been interesting the last couple of years when they've had that smaller division. And, and with, with, um, you know, you had, you had 12 teams in division three, which you can't, I mean, you can't do a four team playoff from that. You had to have more than four. Um, you know, and then if you go to six, you're given two teams a bye, which, you know, uh, in high school sports, I don't think really worked high school football. That, that really works. You know, and then um, so then you have eight teams out of twelve making the playoffs, which I think was just probably too many. Yeah. Uh, and then you had Division Four only hit with only eight teams. Um, they're playing seven regular season games with two buys uh, during the regular season. And and from what I understand, there were some coaches that really weren't happy about that. Like they wanted the opportunity to play more games. Um, yeah. You know, so I wouldn't have been happy about yeah. that. I mean, you you put all that work in. You know, preseason film, weight room camps, all that. You know, the list goes on and on. You, you know, you want to be able to play. You want to be able to go out there and compete as in as many games as possible. I mean, not, not to the point of it being, you know, dangerous and and wearing the athletes out. But right. you want to go out there and play. You know, nine games, eight games, whatever it ends up being. You know, plus a chance at the playoffs, and um, that, that's why I think it was the right the right move by the NHIA to sort of rework that. You know, uh, so going back to, to Division One, um, of course, with the, the four conferences, uh, you've got to, you know, you have them crossing over um, into into two clusters uh, that rotates um, every year. So, you know, one year you get north versus south, east versus west. This year would have been uh, south versus west and north versus east which would have made for some tremendous games for in, in that south and west um, cluster. You know, of course, um, Londonderry coming off its championship, Pinkerton and Salem having been, you know, playoff teams um, many, many years in a row. I mean, Salem, I believe, has been to the semifinals the last three years in a row, if I'm correct. I, I think I'm correct on that. Um, you know, Wyndham has been highly competitive since moving up to D1 a couple years ago. And then the other side of that, uh, I mean, Nashua North, Nashua South may be, you know, have two of the best returning casts of, of anybody in the state um, this year. Merrimack's been another one team that's been in, I think, in the semis three of the last four years. Uh, yep. and, and BG is a team that, that's been on the rise. Um, just missed out on the playoffs a year ago. Uh, so, you know, you had maybe eight of the, I don't know, 10, 11 best teams in the division all fighting for four playoff spots, but, you know, would have been the case this year. So, you yeah, know, that's a, a little bit of a bummer to miss out on, but so a lot of those teams are still going to play each other. So we're going to get some pretty good, you know, matchups hopefully down the road here. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it does present that. Um, and it, and it is kind of cool because if you think about it, 
you know, it's the old cliche, but but it, in this case, it's actually really true. The sense of urgency is there. Uh, it's like a playoff game every week when you have yeah. that level of competition that you're going against. And, you know, one false move, depending on what they finalize for this this playoff structure and how it's going to work, you know, one false move could leave you in a situation you don't want to be in, whether that's out or whether that's playing a, a team you really don't want to be looking at in the first round or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, uh, it, so it, it does up the competitive ante a little bit, uh, or more than a little bit. So that's one of the the interesting byproducts of all this. You know, and it could make for uh, for some some interesting, um, you know, playoff storylines uh, down the road. You know, if you get you know a team from that grouping um, that's still playing, you know, some some competitive games um, that goes like two and three or one and four. Uh, and if you know if we get 16 or 20 teams in the playoffs, which is what they're talking, you know, potentially talking about, um, you know, who's to say that team doesn't match up with uh, you know a weaker team in the first round and gets a win and gets a builds a little momentum and gets some confidence and <clears throat> all of a sudden you got um, you know a team that won one game in the regular season, you know, fighting for a, a championship maybe. I, I, I mean I yeah I, I I think that's a long shot, but you never know. No, well, and there's another factor that I don't think we've we've talked about live here yet. We talked a l- about it a little bit before we got on the on the podcast together, and that is the schedules are actually smaller this year, right? Yes. So it's it's they're they're hoping to get five games in, sort of thing. So that's the other thing too is that you know teams that were challenged in terms of numbers or depth, and, and oftentimes it's both. If, if you have a numbers issue, you have a depth issue, but it's not necessarily uh, the case you know, with a shorter schedule before you hit whatever that postseason play is, you know, the likelihood just by, by um, statistical odds is reduced that you'll have a lot of, um, you know, sort of injury issues. Right. So that's the other thing too, is that I, I do think that it, um, it evens the, uh, the competitiveness of some of the teams with smaller rosters a little bit because you know if if you can avoid having that that sort of uh, wear out injury effect that you have if you don't have as deep a team and you don't have a lot of kids going both ways and all that kind of thing, you know that's a lot different when you're when you're banging through five games as opposed to eight, nine, ten games. A yeah. lot different. So it could it could make it even more evenly competitive in that way. Yeah, it's um, it's it's I think. It's just going to be so good to see all of these, uh, all these teams, ha- you know, out there playing. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to. Like I think we mentioned a couple of these matchups that maybe are, aren't something we would have normally seen. Um, you know, and 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 of course some of the the ones that we usually see, like that first, like in that first week, is going to be. Um, it looks like it's going to be some some rivalry games that to just start out the season. I know North and South are playing that first Friday. Uh, yeah, that's London, crazy. Londonderry Pinkerton uh, going to open up the season. Uh, Exeter Winnicunit, uh, Merrimack BG, uh, Dover and Spalding. Um, and, you and know, Ralph Joe, you wonder if you wonder if they did that. Uh, the scheduling committee did that because they're unsure of you know whether they'll make it through the whole season. Quite frankly, right? And so they said, hey, you know, if we leave the these really fun rivalry games until later on down the road, there's no guarantee we'll get them in. So let's just roll. Yeah. Let's just get, you know, let's just I mean, come right out of the gate and get them in. You know, usually that's not the thinking because you want the teams in mid season form. Right. 
well, yeah, those, uh, those for those games, rivalry games. I but, believe all those games were initially scheduled for that that weekend. Uh, right. It just wasn't supposed easier. to be week yeah. one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, um. Yeah. It's 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 again it it you know all of this stuff it just still kind of leaves you speechless in a sense like when you think you know if you think about it too much I which I I definitely find myself doing at times I just you know you fall down that uh that wormhole of of information and and just reading about different things so it's um yeah I I don't I don't uh I know we've got a we do have a couple of um new coaches in the division uh of course Goffstown probably being Goffstown and Salem being the two um the two most, um, I guess, prominent programs that have new coaches this year. You got uh, Nick Hammond taking over for for Justin Huff, who had been there for uh, quite some time as the head coach at Goffstown. Um, took over. Yeah, as the I think he. Director. I think he's yeah. been there since 2011. That sounds about right. Could be right. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he took over as the athletic director last year. Um, decided that he needed to to focus more I guess on that uh Nick of course had been a uh, an assistant with him uh for a couple of years and had actually been the one who was um uh, running their offense um so he's you know they're they're going to probably look pretty similar to what they have looked like um the last couple of years on offense at least you know and then the other big coaching changes um uh, out in Salem where you have uh Rob Pike who is uh who stepped down um to take a coaching job in Mass I'm drawing a blank on where he's at now, uh, and you had uh, Steve Abraham, one of his assistants, stepping up uh, and taking over that program, which has been, you know, uh, they're the they're kind of program. It's just you know, they haven't been able to, to to reach the top of the mountain yet, but they they are there every year because I think of the system they built, and it's just you know every year they start out and it's like, who are these guys? And and they just by mid season they're in in top form and and well on their way to a playoff berth it's kind of remarkable what they've been able to do the last uh 5 6 years there yeah and that's really a a, a coach's dream type situation Goffstown really not much different right they're they're consistently competitive and every uh, every year you look at both of those programs and say there's zero surprise if if that team is there uh at the end right um, and so, you know, and the other good thing for, for those programs is that, you know, coming, bringing on or, or, or coming on as a new head coach is always a challenging year that first, that first year. Cause you've got to, you've got to figure out everything, um, a new, but both of those programs promoted from within. And so, you know, with everything else that's going on here, the, the, the wackiness of the environment, the COVID protocols, the different type of practice, uh, protocols that are in play this year, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it, it, it's probably a very, very good thing for continuity for these programs that, that hired from within uh, for their head coaching position, you know, because otherwise it would just be compounded. It's, it's a hard enough job to take over a program first year coach as it is. Uh, forget about being in this kind of environment. Right. So, um, so those guys are probably still drinking from the fire hose, but at least they know the program, they know the kids you know, they're going to be probably, I would guess, based on what I've read and so forth, they're going to be largely consistent with what we've seen before, probably not 100%, of course. But so that's a, that's a good thing. Every every coach has his own uh, little idiosyncrasies, I imagine, that, that, you know, different things that they do uh, that's going to make it their own. Um, yeah, sure. That's part of the fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you know, and I, I you know, we kind of I mentioned uh, you know earlier, um, all of the Nashua schools look like they're they're teams that are, are uh, you know going to be back again. Uh, uh, both North and South were playoff teams last year, uh, both falling in the quarterfinals. Of course, North had been. Um, was one of two undefeated teams going into the playoffs last year, but unfortunately, um, you know, lost its quarterback, uh, Curtis Harris, you know, two weeks before the end of the regular season, and he did not return for the playoffs. So he'll be back this year. Uh, and, and they look – I mean, I know they lost a couple of, you know, of key seniors, but, I mean, they look like they're loaded. Um, and, you know, I, I would have to – you know, if I was putting together a, a preseason poll here, I, I would say, you know, they're probably the team I'd put at the top of that right now. Yeah, the word around with the D- Division One coaches that um, I've talked to has been North and South are both loaded. Yeah, they bring back a, a lot of key people. Um, you know, they and, and the right and the right key people, right? That and they were they were fairly good in terms of their their uh, sub varsity programs last year. So uh, I don't think either of those programs are sneaking up on anybody. That that makes that week one matchup that you alluded to. Uh, kind of an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, and it's and it's interesting too that that they would reach this level. Uh, you know, in this kind of a season, you know, because if if things had been you know set up this way normally, um, you know, it, it w- and it potentially if they're you know two of the the or the two best teams in the division, um, you know, they unfortunately can't meet in the final because they're on the same side of the bracket. Uh, whereas, you know, if this is a, a true, you know, open tournament or 16 team tournament, that's just seated based on record or rating or uh, maybe it's alphabetical. I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know, chances are that they, they could meet in the championship game. Um, right. which I, I mean, if that were, to, I, I attended the, uh, the one and only, uh, North South playoff game. Uh, oh man, that was 10 years ago now, believe it or not. Um, and it was the it, it was probably a, a top five uh, football and and maybe even just high school sports atmosphere I've I've experienced in New Hampshire. It was it was legit. Um, yeah. And and to see something like that again, I'm sure it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, and I mean we we could have uh, we could have a whole another podcast just on what's happening with the with with the venues and the and the ability for fans to go see games. So. Uh, so we don't know that, right? I think each school's kind of got their own protocol that they're going to deal with. Um, the but... only the only one I really know of so far um, is is Nashua's um, because they've actually posted it online um, that they're only allowing home fans to, to into games, uh, yeah. which you know, okay, that's that makes sense. Uh, but I've I've heard that that even extends to the North South games. Um, so whoever, I believe South is listed as the home team for that football game, which means there will be, um, they'll be the only ones allowed at the game. Um, no North fans will be allowed at that one. I, I, I mean, unless something's changed since the last time I, I checked that or, or had heard, um, uh, about it. Uh, but I thought that was, that was a kind of an interesting setup. Uh, and I, I got to think that that extends to, um, maybe to BG games as well. Uh, yeah, you know, given that they also play at Stellos, and they're also another team that that could, you know, very well be in the mix here with, um, you know, some really key kids back for them too. Right. You know, let's um, let's take a look at Division Two. Uh, of course, um, 
last year ended with uh well of course how could we forget the the wonderful day that it was for those championship games uh played in what, yeah. free, freezing rain and uh frigid weather and i uh for me i i was soaked through at the end of the first game uh which was fantastic i thought i brought enough layers um i i brought extra layers a change of clothes and uh it still was not enough um so yeah that um that division two game was uh was a fun one to watch. Of course, you had Hollis Brookline uh, beating Plymouth for its uh, its first ever uh, football championship, which was, um, you know, for for someone, uh, you know, you used to coach there, so I'm sure that that game meant a lot to to see uh, the res- end result uh, for you. Uh, myself, I, I you know, I started covering um, Hollis was one of the first teams that I, I covered when I moved back up here. Uh, my first football season was in 2006, you know, and and seeing that program. Um, you know, reach the pinnacle was was uh, was fun to see. Yeah, it, 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 you know, we talked a lot about that at the end of the year last year, and uh, and how much affection I had for the years that I spent um, coaching in that program. And I mean, I was proud of what we had done. You know, t- kind of taking it from a one to two win team to a, a team that was in the playoffs. Uh, you know, a couple years in a row at, at the end of my tour of duty there, but. Um, you know, I never really imagined. I mean, I think we had teams back then that would have been capable of it if things had come together right. But I never really imagined a championship at that at that phase, right, of the program's history, just because it was still yeah. a new program and we were we were always fighting for numbers and depth and things. And for them to to come out and uh, and do that was, you know, in the way that they did it too was was pretty exciting for them. And they've got a brand new field. Uh, they right. just put lights in, I think, this week. I think the <laughs> lights went up over there. And I actually stopped over and just took a look at it. It's it's really gorgeous. Yeah, I haven't actually been up onto the field, but I I did do the same um, actually last fall. Yeah, kind of kind of funny that, um, you know, looking over the hollow schedules, of course, soccer and field hockey, I got to imagine are using that field too. Um, you know, and here they are. It's going to be almost a year since the field was done that they're finally getting to, to break it in with some high school sports. Uh yeah, it's um, that's got to be beyond frustrating because uh, yeah. you, you you fight so hard to get that thing, and uh, and like, as you said, putting in lights, they've got to have put in lights because I've noticed on the schedules a couple of the games are, are like, you know, into October they're starting at six o'clock. Yeah, um, you know, and then today. yeah, we thought we were cool ten years ago. We'd bring the, <laughs> you know we'd bring in the the portable lights and have our night game and oh, it was you know, that was that was something really special. Yeah, now they're they're playing on. I huh? I remember that first uh, that first portable light game. That was uh, yeah. I don't know if it was the just the weather or if there weren't enough lights, but you couldn't see across the field by the end of the oh, game. Oh, it was that was the that was the fog game yeah. where uh, the next town over Milford uh, Milford upset Sauhegan. Okay. On yeah. that on that dark and stormy night, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we had a it was a really foggy night. We we uh, we well, played I, Sanborn in like a non-league yeah. game or something. I and, remember. Uh, uh, I remember the guy doing the announcing towards the end of the game, and it was like a blowout too. I think. Um, just kind of he, you know, the the play would go to the other side of the field, and he'd be like, "I think something's happening over there." Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but our times have changed, right? You go from that that uh, that sort of muddy muddy patch that we played on there to you know they've they've got championship rings on their fingers. Uh, a beautiful field that reminded me a lot of how the, the Sauhegan field went in uh, three or four years ago. It was just, just a, a crown jewel type of uh, 
type of field. So, so yeah, you've got you've got them coming back and looking to defend a title. They they had some key personnel losses, right? You lose um, Sander and Quinter, Quinton Wimmer, who were big parts of that, but um, they've got some key guys coming back too, and and I think they're they're probably going to be pretty motivated to to defend their title, right? They've got Thermitis coming back, who was a great player on both sides of the ball. Um, so that, that, that'll be a fun team to watch again this year. I think, I think they've got a lot of linemen back too, um, guys up front. So that's always, I mean, that's always key. Yeah. For, you can, you can do anything yeah. with a good core returning group of offensive or defensive linemen, right? That you can, you could take other guys and, and make them work if you have that piece. No question. Right. You know, and I think, um, you know, the team that they beat Plymouth, uh, which has been in the final now four years in a row, um, absolutely a team that you that you got to consider one of the better better teams in the division um you know when, when was the last time you didn't utter that phrase <laughs> I, don't think I've, I, don't, I don't know that i've ne- ever uttered that yeah I, I you're right ever uh, even in the years that they were they were you know you know uh, i don't i don't even want to say down because you know i think they were still 500 and maybe made the playoffs but you know it yeah, yeah, they had a couple of years where the, where things didn't quite pan out as usual, yeah. you know, within the last five or six years. But uh, but they are always competitive, right? They're uh, never they're never getting blown out. And the the um, you know the team that 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 Hollis beat uh, in the semifinals, Bo. I think that's another team. You know, since they've moved up into Division Two, they've been a team that's been in the mix every single year. Of course, they made it um, lost to Plymouth two years in a row in that final. Um, you know, I think they're another team, you know, they, they definitely lost a lot, um, to graduation, but, um, they're another team that I think is going to be, um, you know, a, a fun one to watch. And, um, you know, and, and I also think I would put, um, Sauhegan amongst the teams to, uh, to keep an eye on, um, this season. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I would actually have to say I'm probably most interested in Sauhegan, uh, in terms of their chances to to really put something special together, I mean, they've got a lot of guys coming back. I think I think uh, you had said it's it's like sixteen or seventeen starters something returning. Like that, yeah, um, but but it's not just sixteen or seventeen starters returning. Like when you look at the the names that they have coming back, I mean, they're all the people. I mean, they were one of the best teams last year, I thought, and it's all the people that made a difference for them, right? It's it's. Uh, it's Mike Maroon. It's uh, Austin Jane. It, it's it's Luke Manning. For God's sake, is is only is a senior. I you know he's he feels like he's been playing there for them and making <laughs> plays for years now. Um, uh, Riley Lawhorn's back. Who he uh, right? That was their big running back. Just and, committed. Uh, just committed uh, recently, I believe, to play lacrosse at UMass Lowell. So he's a uh, you know top notch uh, athlete there. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what they are. They, I mean, you know, I don't know how they are. Like uh, you mentioned Maroon and, um, you know, did a story on him last week. And he's, um, you know, he's a guy that's played on the line for them, um, you know, throughout his time at Sauhegan because he's just a bigger guy. And I guess this year they're going to try to use him a little bit more uh, in the backfield, which, uh, you know, seeing that kind of guy coming out of the backfield from a spread offense, that's, um, you know, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it brings you back to the old. I don't know if you remember Stephen Jellison for Sauhegan, but oh yeah, yep. Yeah, he was he looked like a refrigerator on <laughs> wheels. I mean, he, and he was a free safety and a, a tailback, right? And it's like, well, what a specimen. I, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not surprised by that because I think 
Maroon is that kind of a he's a, he's that good of an athlete, but man, he was good up front um, for them as a as an offensive lineman. Um, so, but you'd have to assume if they're making that move, they've got the depth on the right. offensive line. They feel and and you don't want to waste uh, you know that special kind of athleticism that he has, and and uh, you want to take advantage of him in different ways. So. You know that should be that should be a lot of fun to watch. I'm sure he's pretty psyched that we're playing and uh, that his chance at doing something a little different like that wasn't uh, you know wasn't lost. Uh, let's uh, move on to D three. I think um, you know, like we said, with with Pella moving down um, and Winnesquam moving up. I mean, that makes for such a um, interesting division. I you know again a, a bummer that. Um, <coughs> You know that that a full season doesn't get to be played with these these teams because I think um, it would have been another one. You know, I mean, think about that that, that you've got, uh, like we said, Trinity and Winnesquam who both won a championship last year. Um, Winnesquam returned almost its entire team. Um, they they graduated three kids uh, from that from back to back championship teams uh, in D four. Yeah. yeah, you know, and then you had Trinity, which which did lose a lot. Um, you know, but had a, a, a decent number of kids back. Campbell's been a team that, um, you know, had been in the finals the previous couple of years. Um, you know, they graduated a ton, but they seem to be another program that just kind of reloads. Uh, Pelham, yep. again, we'd said was a playoff team in D2. And then I, and here we are, that's four teams I've mentioned, and I haven't even gotten to Manadnock, who was, you know, a champion in the championship game the last uh, two years uh, before, you know, 2019. Uh, and yeah, another, and they've been extremely yeah. competitive consistently over the last six or seven years. And then that also still doesn't include Laconia and Stevens, which have been competitive playoff teams in this division. So, I mean, this – and to think in a normal year, only four of those teams would have made the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, it, as much as uh, – or, or I, I want to see, you know, how, a lot of these matchups, I'm I not as uh, – well up on you know who the d3 and d4 teams are playing i have looked at a, a couple of them but um you know i i'm interested to see what some of these results look like because it, i think that's another one that you know as we were talking about that potential cluster in d1 uh i think it's going to be the same thing in in d3 it's just you know the playoffs start september 25th yeah yeah i i think that's a good way of looking at it um and it's just like we were saying a little earlier, you know, that that whole setup just makes that the competitiveness of each of those games too so special. You know, I mean, there there's no, um, you know, or there's very few, if any, look ahead games. There's right. very few, if any, gimmies, right, where you sort of look at the schedule and, you know, I'm talking about as us, us as media. Right. Not, coaches certainly probably <laughs> Wait, don't do what? that. But but, you know, you, you, you everybody knows you look at certain matchups and you go, ah, that's probably not as interesting a matchup yeah. as North and South or whatever. Right, or, right. you know, Pinkerton, Salem or something like that. And, and you don't have as much of that in this condensed um, format. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think that everybody sort of in a strange way benefits from it. But but that division in particular is is a is a really kind of interesting story. And then in, in D four, you have maybe two of the um, two of the best storylines, uh, one from last year, one this year, or, or maybe most interesting. Um, you know, last year's runner-up Fall Mountain uh, gets to the final. Not only gets to the final for the first time, I believe last year was their first playoff berth since like the early '90s. First yeah. winning season, a first playoff win. 
Um, you know, they, they really struggled on offense in, the, in that championship game against Winnesquam on a night that, you know, was as rainy as the other finals were. Uh, the Division Four final had to be the coldest game I think I've ever witnessed. I want to say it was like 13 degrees. Uh, yeah, I, I remember you actually sending me text messages at various points oh. during that game saying, I cannot feel... <laughs> my toes and my feet right now. It's like I think I still have feet. I can't guarantee. You know, I can't confirm that because I'm too cold to look down. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh, that was another, you know, r- ridiculous atmosphere um, weather-wise, and just. Um, but that you know that team, that Fall Mountain team, uh, brings a lot back. And um, you know the other the other storyline I think um, needs to be followed in in Division Four is the return of. Um, you know what's a, a very familiar face to, especially you know in in my neck of the woods here in Nashua, uh, you got a new coach and AD at Bishop Brady in uh, Tony Johnson, right? Uh, former Bishop Girton head coach who was down at uh, I believe Worcester Academy for, geez, probably eight or nine, maybe ten years now. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's it's been that long, right? right? But it, but it but now that I think about it, I mean, you go all the way back to, um. I think Travis Cody was the first coach that took over after coach Johnson left. And, you know, you've had a, you've had a couple of folks, uh, a couple of coaches roll through there since then. But, uh, but yeah, I guess it was that long ago. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, positive on what brought him back. Um, but I, I mean, just having him there, um, you know, his experience, his, uh, his success as a coach, um, just, you know, and at a, at a school like that, you know, it's, um, I, I wouldn't be, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see them be, uh, you know, they were a playoff team last year, but I want to say they, they finished the year like four and four or something like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're a lot more competitive this year and, and, and maybe, uh, open some eyes with, with some, uh, some of their performances, uh, despite, you know, the, the shortened season and all that. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, uh, I mean, even just the, uh, the numbers game, right? Sometimes athletes will, uh, who who might not otherwise had come out for a sport like football, will, you know, see that a um, a coach with a with a, a, a history of winning, right, has taken over the program and say, you know what, I'm gonna give that a try. I mean, even that just that factor alone, forget about uh, the coaching or, or any of that. Just that factor alone sometimes is enough to get you. Um, you know, another win just based on, hey, these these three or four kids came out that wouldn't otherwise maybe have tried it. You know, and then the other um, the other team I, I'm going to keep an eye on this year in, in D4 was uh, was Franklin. Um, you know, they were a team that uh, I think they were something like two and six or one and one and six. I don't know, something like that in, in the division last year. But they had maybe one of the most electric kids in the state in terms of running the ball in, in Josh Prey. Um, I think he had one game. I want to say he had almost 300 yards rushing, something like that. Um, if I remember correctly, definitely had over a thousand yards, which in a seven-game season is uh, quite a feat. Um, yeah, and he's back. Uh, and you know, and that's something that that you, like you mentioned with um, with you know maybe some of the smaller rosters in in D1 and D2 uh, with these some of these schools where you know I think Franklin had something maybe like if they had two dozen kids on their roster last year, they were in good shape you know, where it's a, it's a pretty small roster and here we're only playing four or five games before the playoffs. So, you know, it right. could make a big difference for them. Yeah. And they were, I think they admittedly were young last year. You right. know, if you, yeah. if you talk yeah. to them, they'd say, yeah, we had, 
we had a couple of great players that you you mentioned. Uh, is it Dupre? Is that how you pronounce uh, his name? Uh, Beaupre. It's a yeah. Beaupre. Thank you. Um, but uh, but th- I think they knew kind of across the board they were they were young and they were building and they'd have to lean on him a little bit. But I think a lot of those guys are are back this year from what I remember. Yeah. So um, so yeah, and that that's a team that could be very well on their way to um, you know ha- having a sort of return type of season, comeback type of season. Well, Mike, I think uh, I think we've made it through week one, or or maybe preseason week one, albeit uh, much later in the year than we normally would have it. Yeah, it feels weird not talking about things like the jamboree that we usually have a lot to say <laughs> oh, about, yeah, and, uh, yeah. and 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 you know, I, I was going to say we don't really know what we're talking about because you know we're not really sure how everything's going to shake out, but. I think people would say, well, you, you guys don't know what you're talking about typically anyway. But. <laughs> so, I'll, so I'll hold off. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. We don't need to give anybody any more information mm. than they would normally. I mean, uh, any more uh, ammunition than they would normally have against us. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I got to tell you, Joe, we talked uh, a couple weeks ago about, you know, do we do this again? And, you know, how's it going to look? And I think we both came down on the, you know what? If, if the players and the coaches get to go out there and have fun, we should have some fun too. So right. let's do this thing and, uh, and, and, uh, and have our usual good time chatting about football and we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. And I'm you glad. Know, and I think, I, you know, I think worst case scenario, I mean, you know, everything works out. Okay. We're going to be here till hopefully early December talking about football. Um, or at least, you know, late November, early December. And, um, you know, even if uh, even if the worst worst case scenario happens, uh, you know, I will still, I hope, stick around and and try to get some coaches on, and and we'll talk about you know, maybe highlight some some seniors and some teams, kind of like we did with uh, with lacrosse in the spring. Um, you know, so I I think uh, you know even even if it it gets bad, we'll still try to keep you guys uh, entertained here. We'll we'll do our best. We'll do our best. All right. Any final thoughts before we uh, we wrap up for the week? I don't think so. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna have to be on our toes with some yeah. of the changes, and uh, I'm glad that this is sort of a return to normalcy. Though I'm I'm looking forward to to doing our usual thing. So thanks for having me back. Joe. And definitely, and have to throw out there. Uh, please, uh, please wear your masks. Uh, keep your distance. Um, if you see us at games or practices down the road, um, don't feel like you. You can wave hi. That's fine. You don't don't need to uh, <laughs> come over and give us hugs and and shake hands or anything like that. I, my feelings won't be hurt. I'm assuming, Mike, you you feel the same way. Uh, yeah, to a I, I'm a I'm a big hugger, but I'm cool. <laughs> you know, I'm good right now. There'll be plenty of time uh, for hugs and handshakes later. I, I would assume. <laughs> All right. Well, he is Mike Lockman. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>